Today's Thursday, August 17th, 2023, and this is 5 at 8. With you today are Linda Carlisle and Mark Overman. In this episode, we'll talk about Russia's Luna 25 space probe entering the moon's orbit, a tragic boat capsizing off the coast of Cape Verde, a successful pig kidney transplant, Russia considering capital controls, and a freight train derailment damaging the Gotthard base tunnel in Switzerland. Story number one. Russia's Luna 25 space probe has successfully entered the moon's orbit, as reported by Al Jazeera. This marks a significant milestone in Russia's first moon mission in nearly 50 years. The spacecraft, which launched on August 10th, will spend five days in orbit before landing on the moon's south pole. This mission is part of Russia's broader lunar program, with the goal of establishing a space station on the moon by 2040. The presence of frozen water on the moon has important implications for space exploration and resource mining. India's Chandrayaan-3 also recently entered the moon's orbit ahead of its planned landing on the moon's south pole. Tell you what, Linda. These are some exciting times we're living in. The Russians are back in the lunar game with Luna 25 after almost half a century, and that's no small feat. The space race is back on the menu. As it's fascinating to see this renewed interest in lunar exploration, isn't it? The mission's focus on the moon's south pole and the search for frozen water could potentially revolutionize our understanding of the moon and open up possibilities for extended human stays there. Right you are, Linda. The potential for mining lunar resources could be a game-changer. Imagine the kind of technological advancements that could result from this. It's like we're on the brink of a new era. But let's not forget the geopolitical implications. The termination of cooperation between Roscosmos and the European Space Agency in the wake of Russia's invasion of Ukraine adds a different dimension to this second lunar race. You hit the nail on the head there, Linda. It's not just about the science or the potential resources. It's also about power and influence. And with India's Chandrayaan-3 also in the race, the lunar landscape is getting crowded. Yes, Mark. It's a complex interplay of science, ambition, and politics. The coming years will no doubt reveal more about the direction this new lunar race will take. One thing's for sure, though. It's going to be a thrilling journey. Story number two. A boat carrying migrants and refugees capsized off the coast of Cape Verde, resulting in the deaths of at least 63 people. Al Jazeera reports that the International Organization for Migration, IOM, reported that 38 survivors, including four children, were rescued. The boat had departed from Senegal a month ago and was discovered by a Spanish fishing boat. Cape Verde authorities have been alerted and are coordinating rescue efforts. Cape Verde is located on the migration route to the Spanish Canary Islands, a common gateway to the European Union for migrants and refugees. Would you look at that, another heartbreaking incident of maritime migration, this time off Cape Verde. So many lives lost, it's just, it's just tragic. Yes, Mark, it's a devastating situation. More than 60 people are believed to have died when a migrant boat capsized. This is another harsh reminder of the dangers that refugees and migrants face when they risk their lives to find safety or a better life. I just can't wrap my head around it, Linda. These folks just wanted a chance at a better life, and now, well, it's just not right. It's truly heartbreaking, Mark. But it's important to remember that these are not isolated incidents. Thousands of refugees and migrants risk their lives each year on similar perilous journeys. Yeah, you're right. This route to the Spanish Canary Islands, it's a dangerous one. But folks are desperate, aren't they? Trying to escape poverty, war. 
It's a hell of a situation. The underlying issues that drive such migration are complex and interconnected. It's not just about war and poverty, but also about political instability, climate change, and lack of access to basic human rights. And here's the thing that gets me, Linda. These people are paying smugglers for this dangerous journey. They're literally paying with their lives. What can be done to stop these tragedies? That's a complex issue, Mark. The response needs to be multifaceted. We need better international cooperation to address the root causes of migration. We also need to improve legal pathways for migration and offer more support to countries where migrants originate from. And of course, we need to crack down on smugglers who exploit these desperate individuals. Sounds like a tall order, but something's got to give, right? This can't keep happening. It's a global issue that requires a global response. These tragic incidents are a stark reminder of the urgent need for action. Story number three. Researchers at New York University Langone Health have successfully transplanted a pig's kidney into a brain-dead man, which has continued to function normally for over a month, as reported by The Guardian. This marks the longest a pig kidney has functioned in a human, albeit a deceased one. The experiment is a crucial step towards potentially performing the operation in living patients. The use of animal organs, such as pig kidneys, could help alleviate the shortage of transplantable organs and save thousands of lives. The success of this experiment and other similar developments have paved the way for potential clinical trials of pig heart or kidney transplants in volunteer patients. When I think about this breakthrough, Linda, I can't help but be excited. I mean, imagine the countless lives that could potentially be saved through xenotransplantation. The fact that a pig kidney has functioned in a human body for over a month is a testament to the incredible strides in medical science and technology. I see where you're coming from, Mark. It is indeed a monumental step forward. But we must also consider the ethical implications. We are talking about genetically modifying animals for the sole purpose of donating organs. There's a whole different dimension of animal rights that we need to discuss here. I get that, Linda. I do. But look at it this way. We're facing a critical organ shortage globally. Thousands of people die every year waiting for transplants. If we can find a way to save these lives, shouldn't we explore it? Saving lives is crucial, and I'm not disputing that. However, we also have a responsibility to ensure we're not causing harm elsewhere, like to animals, in the process. The consent and rights of these animal donors is a gray area. And then, there's the question of how these experimental procedures might impact the animal's quality of life. I hear you, Linda. The ethical considerations are indeed significant. But remember, the pigs used in these experiments are genetically edited for this exact purpose. They're not just any pigs from a farm. Plus, if we can perfect this procedure, think about the potential reduction in illegal organ trafficking. That's a valid point, Mark. But we must also consider the religious and cultural perspectives. Not everyone may be comfortable accepting organs from animals. And the long-term effects of these transplants are still unknown. The man who received the pig heart last year survived only two months. We must tread carefully. Story number four. Russian President Vladimir Putin is reportedly considering reintroducing capital controls to support the struggling ruble, as reported by The Guardian. The proposals, outlined in a finance ministry document, include forcing large exporters to convert up to 80% of their foreign currency into rubles. Other measures being considered include a ban on foreign dividend payments and loan extensions, canceling import subsidies, limiting currency swaps, and reducing the amount of foreign currency exporters can take out of Russia. 
The ruble recently fell below 100 to the dollar, prompting the central bank to raise interest rates for the first time since the invasion of Ukraine in 2022. The reintroduction of capital controls would mark the strictest measures to protect the ruble since the invasion. This is quite a turn of events, folks. Putin is considering reintroducing capital controls to prop up the ruble. It's like a high-stakes poker game where the stakes are the nation's currency. It's a drastic move, and one that speaks volumes about the state of Russia's economy. The proposal to force large exporters to convert up to 80% of their foreign currency into rubles, that's... that's like a band-aid on a gushing wound. It may provide temporary relief, but it doesn't address the underlying issues. Right you are, Linda. I mean, it's an attempt to create demand for the ruble, but it's a short-term fix at best. The more fundamental problem is the economic isolation Russia is facing due to sanctions and the ongoing war. It's like trying to plug a hole in a sinking ship while ignoring the iceberg you're about to hit. That's a good analogy, Mark. And it's not just about economic repercussions. There's a human cost to this crisis. A weak ruble means inflation, which ultimately hurts the average Russian citizen. It's a complex and multi-layered issue, and it seems there's no easy solution in sight. Yes, Linda. It's a tough situation, and the international community is watching closely. But, regardless of what side of the fence you're on, one thing's clear. A strong economy needs more than just fiscal band-aids. It needs sound policies, robust institutions, and above all, peace. It's a sobering reminder of how interconnected our global economy is, and how the decisions made by one nation can ripple out to affect us all. It's a situation we'll be keeping our eyes on, for sure. Story number five. According to The Guardian, a freight train derailment has caused significant damage to the Gotthard base tunnel in Switzerland, the world's longest train tunnel. Sixteen carriages jumped the tracks, tearing up eight kilometers of train track and rendering the tunnel unfit for passenger services. The tunnel, which opened in 2016, is a vital route for goods and cargo between Germany and Italy. Restoration work is expected to continue until the end of 2023, forcing passengers to take longer scenic routes in the meantime. The alternate route adds an hour for domestic travelers and two hours for international travelers, as reported by The Guardian. What a blow this incident must be for Switzerland, especially considering the Gotthard Rail Tunnel is a key artery for freight traffic. I mean, the tunnel was built to not only cut travel times, but also to reduce roadway traffic and air pollution. Now it's going to be shut down for months. It's a critical part of the European freight network, and the derailment is going to have substantial economic implications. But I think what's more concerning is the extensive damage caused by the derailment. With around 8 kilometers of track and 20,000 concrete railroad ties needing replacement, it's clear that there was a significant engineering failure here. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head, Linda. This incident really brings to the forefront the importance of safety and disaster recovery plans in large-scale infrastructure projects. You know, it's not always about faster and more efficient routes, but also about ensuring these routes are safe and resilient. And safety resilience and sustainability should be at the heart of all infrastructure projects. I'm sure the engineers are already working on measures to prevent such incidents in the future, while also developing a comprehensive recovery plan to restore the functionality of the tunnel as soon as possible. Exactly. And it's not just about the immediate recovery, but also about learning from incidents like these. 
Historically, some of the most significant improvements in safety measures and structural design have come from lessons learned from accidents. Yes, Mark. It's an opportunity to reassess, learn, and innovate. In fact, this incident could also push for more technological advancements to deal with such issues more efficiently. After all, technology has been a game-changer in mitigating, responding, and recovering from disasters. And let's not forget, this recovery process will be a testament to the resilience of the Swiss engineering marvel. You know, it took them 17 years to build this tunnel at a cost of around 12 billion U.S. dollars. I'm confident they'll have this back on track, no pun intended, as swiftly as possible. That's it for this morning. Have a great day and see you all tomorrow. Five at Eight is researched, written, and performed by artificial intelligence. For more information, visit botcaster.ai.